Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Tavi Gevinson said, Sometimes if you expose your vulnerability, someone else will feel comforted. It's like we're all in this boat together. Growing up in Kenya, she constantly faced adversity when wanting to go against the norm. She was a socially awkward kid who was terrified of being on stage or in front of any large crowd. Just before one of her first performances in a play, she managed to lose her front tooth in a swimming accident, which only added to the embarrassment she already felt being in front of a crowd. But little did she know that turning that moment around and making the audience laugh with her instead of at her would spark the confidence she'd need later in life. As an adult and now living in Canada, she decided to leave what most people would consider a dream career with the government when she started to feel like there was more to life. Taking the leap into entrepreneurship, she began to realize that these skills she'd built in the corporate world were transferable. Now she helps other entrepreneurs and small businesses get more organized and focused on what's important to grow their business. She's also speaking on stages with all the confidence in the world and has built an incredible network around her. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Julia Katsivo. Hey, Julia, thanks for coming on, and uh, I look forward to having everyone hear your story. Um, thank you for having me, Brian. Always a pleasure. Anything that you're into, um, it's always an exciting ride. So, of course, I wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that. So the first question I start every podcast with is, what is your definition of vulnerability? Vulnerability for me is... Um, the ability to be real in spite of how uncomfortable you feel with letting people see sides of you that you prefer they wouldn't because <laughs> we all have them, um, but letting them see it and not hiding it, not explaining it away, not pretending for it to be anything other than it just is. Um, that for me would be vulnerability. Well, and I mean, I think that's a pretty good definition. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's true. It's and and I think the other part of it too is that it's aside from like letting everybody see it. It's getting it's like what you're saying is it's that uncomfortable part of it that we all have to be more comfortable with. I guess is <laughs> one way of putting it. So definitely, definitely like that definition. Um, what would you say would be your earliest memory of of facing something or going through something that was was vulnerable for you? Yeah, when I was younger, I used to love going on the stage for plays or songs or, and I had crippling fear. So, you know, it was just hands down. Every single time I stepped on the stage, this crippling fear would take over me and I wouldn't get a word out. I just stood there shaking. I would make a spectacle of myself. It was hilarious for the audience. Um, but for me, it wasn't so much fun and it never stopped me from going. And then I had a, um, a childhood uh, accident in which I was swimming and this is in Kenya where like now it's different but the sides of the pool were concrete back then mm -hmm. um, and I and I, I didn't look with my eyes open so I just came up from the water and smashed my mouth against the um, you know what I mean like the yeah yeah, yeah. The the side, yeah. yeah. ouch well, those are my front teeth and one of them had to go. And for a long time, while the dentists were still trying to figure out how to make things work for me in my mouth, because it was a growing mouth, um, that meant that I went on stage without this front tooth and 
we underestimate how much we need our teeth to to say words to to you know phonetically everything all of that gets changed your f's and your s's um, the way you speak, the way your mouth moves, all of that gets um, messed up. So there I'd be on stage. And for me, it was that moment when I, I, I had this moment where I thought, I don't need this. Like, let's walk out of the stage. Like, we don't need this um, humiliation. And then another part said, What's, what can you do with this? And I decided to just turn it into like a comedy skit. So scrap whatever the heck I had prepared. <laughs> I just decided to just like go with it as though that was the initial plan. And people thought it was hilarious. Um, but for me, it was that moment of you're making a fool of yourself. You are a fool and saying let the show go on. Let's be a fool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's one way of dealing with it. I mean, I think a lot of people probably would have just probably ran and, and, you know, sat in a corner and cried or something like that, which I mean, I not that I there's think, anything wrong with that. But. No, but I think it was the, cause that did cross my mind, but I think it was the, you know, when you think about, okay, but what is going to happen after you're just going to be a bigger fool. You just, it's just going to be more uncomfortable. It's just going to be more like, staying on stage seems to have less repercussions for me in the long run than walking out. Oh, well, that's a one way of thinking about it for sure. So, uh, I mean, what, cause that, like that decision couldn't have been easy. I, I can only imagine, like you said, you, you, you definitely had the thought running through your mind. Let's just run off and like, you know, crawl into a corner. But what would you say went on in your mind at that point, if you can remember that sort of helped you overcome that situation? It was that the audience were already engaged in their own story. So these guys are laughing, right? And of course they're laughing at me, but they're also laughing at the character that showed up instead of me. They're laughing and they're engaged and they're in it. And I felt that energy. And honestly, I wanted to continue with it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, so it wasn't like, you know, and I've had that where like I'd be crippled and people would sit there petrified looking at me like, Oh my gosh, what a disaster. In those cases, I'm not hanging around to see what else I can do. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like that energy was that fearful, get out of here, this is my worst nightmare kind of energy that would be emitted, that I would receive. But this one time, it was just people were laughing and they were laughing hard and they were just in their own little imagination and fantasies. And I just happened to be the thing that initiated it or whatever the case was and you know since running away wasn't an option it was like well don't just stand there blow it up make it even bigger <laughs> well that's uh, I, I would say that that probably took a certain amount of confidence which i mean I, I don't know how old you were but it sounds like you were pretty young and and to have that sort of confidence is is pretty incredible and i can sort of see where that leads to the person i know now for sure 100 i mean uh, i've seen you speak a couple of times now and and you definitely uh, don't seem like that this shy person that you're talking about back then. So um, and she I could does see exist. she does exist. But I think, Brian, it's because when you when you make a fool of yourself so many times and you fail so often and you do it in front of so many people, you get to this place where it just that doesn't matter anymore. You're not trying to save face. There's nothing to save. You're not trying to project something that you're not like you've done it so many times that that becomes almost like a comfort zone. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, there was a guest I had on a couple of days ago, and he kept saying this one saying that's now stuck with me, which is 
getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's sort of, I think what you're getting at there. So, um, and w- w- so after that, and, and, you know, obviously, like I said, it seems like it's led to sort of who you are now, what strength would you say you discovered in yourself that day when that, when that happened? I could survive anything. It was crippling. I was, I wasn't even, I was preteen, you know, like that's when your self-esteem is critical, especially as a girl, you're in front of all these peers right and and kids are mean and teachers were not helping back then they just kind of like stood there and looked at you um and everybody just kind of like looks at you to just see like hey what's gonna happen here and it was just finishing that and then going back out there and facing people again and facing them not as the girl who did this but creating new narratives. So I guess from there, I learned how to create new narratives that I preferred so that I wasn't, people were not stuck in any given moment of anything that I tried to do or did, whether I failed or succeeded, it was, all right, let's, let's keep it moving. And for me, it's, it's that, you know, like, and in entrepreneurship, like, or anything else, really relationships, whatever the case may be, you'll have your good times, but a lot of times you'll have the parts that just make you want to say, you know what, I'm out of here. So just sticking with it and not taking it personally and not taking it as a reflection of self, but just looking at it as this is just something else I need to go through. It's just the thing I need to go through. It's, it's just a part of life. It's not me. It doesn't inform me. It doesn't make who I am. It's just a part of the life I'm walking through that's what I started to get from that. No, it sounds to me like, I guess if you could sum it up into one word, it would be perseverance. You, you learn, you know, the not give up, like continue to persevere, which is a key skill, especially like you just said in entrepreneurship and really in life, like you just said, I mean, I've overcome a few things in this past couple of years and uh, it's definitely taught me a lot about <laughs> that, that one skill that we need to have. So 100%. Um, how many times, uh, and not, I don't need like a specific number, like more like, you know, a little, a lot, whatever you, you sort of perceive it as, but how many times in your life would you say that you've faced real struggle and vulnerability? Um, you know, and then if you don't mind, is there any other stories that you could share? Yeah. So before I, I used to, um, and this was just the way I used to think I used to cover up my moments of weakness because I used to look at it as a personal failing. And so I, I wouldn't let anybody know. I'd cover up whatever I could or I'd create a story to explain it away. Um, so maybe, wow, it's going into a decade. I decided that that was starting to have negative effects on me, my health, everything. You know, things just start going wrong. And I decided to now let people see me, whether they liked it or not, whether I got rejected or not, I didn't care about that. So, for example, um, at the very beginning when I started out and I would have uh, financial problems in my business, without understanding that that is a part of it, that you get the ups and the downs and all of that in the very beginning, I, I started to try to cover it up and brush it away. And then I sat there and I'm like, what are you doing? So going to my mom and, and letting her know what the situation is and asking for help was a very, very hard but key moment for me um, because you're thinking you're going to go to the one who is most likely to judge you, <laughs> most likely to say, you see, this is why you should never have left that job or whatever the case may be. 
But the woman didn't think like that. She's like, I get it. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, you know, it's like, like, and it's the same way if anybody came to me for help, I'd be like, I wouldn't judge them. I'd be like, I'm glad you came. Um, there was that. And then, uh, like even with events, um, before I'll try and do it all by myself. And, and, you know, someone one day looked at me and said like, who do you think you are? And she was saying it in terms of like, what, what makes you think you can do this by yourself? Like you're not doing yourself any favors here, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to be judged. I don't want people to say this or say that. And then, you know, two minutes later, I was like, are you kidding me? Let's go ask for help. Um, asking for help is something that I'm learning to practice every day uh, without having any energy around it or, or any feelings around it. The same way if anyone came to me for help, I'm not going to have any energy around it. Either I can help you or I can't. Um, so that's not been easy. Being myself in public is also not easy because people come up with a lot of judgments about who you are based on what you write on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a stranger will come up and say, oh, so I see you are trying to lose weight. And that was a goal that I had for myself. I'm well on my way there. And a person was like, you know, um, gave me a little lecture about self-love and accepting myself as I am. And I just smiled and nodded because, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's like the losing weight had nothing to do with the self-love, but that's okay. That's the price you pay for putting yourself out there. So in putting myself out there, I do get that. You know, sometimes people will misunderstand what I'm doing or saying, and other times they'll really feel very comfortable with it. And other times they, it doesn't matter what you do, people always form opinions. So allowing that and still allowing myself to be vulnerable and talk about the things that are important to me and how they affected me personally, like say my dad dying when I was 15 or uh, the first two years in my business or my business right now or relationships, whatever the case may be. No, I mean, and I, I you know, it, that's, it's, I, I, when I hear these things, like it just, what it, and the reason I'm sort of lost for words is because there's so many points in that story and, and what you just said, that's relatable to so many people. And this is why, you know, I'm glad that people are so willing to share and be open uh, on, on, in these interviews is because the whole point of this is to let people know, like, if you've been through this, so has probably 10 other people. And, and the, the key is to, you know, know that one, you're not alone and, and two, you can overcome it. Right. And, and so that's good. I mean, one, one story that I think you sort of touched on there that amazed me um, at least. And, and, you know, this is maybe just, you know, my, uh, my opinion <laughs> as we just talked about those. But when I first met you, I remember you talking about like the job that you left. Um, which was one that most people, and again, you don't have to share it, whatever, but no, you know, no. is one that most people probably wouldn't have given up um, because you know, of who you worked for and, and what sort of career you had. And to jump from that to what you're doing now, I mean, that was one of the most inspiring things for me. And I mean, again, there's, there's tons of inspiring points that, that you've given me over the time that we've known each other. But that one for sure was, uh, was one that I think a lot of people would probably, you know, listening to this would probably go, really? Like you did that? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that again, that probably should have been the one that would have taken the, the, the top of the list in vulnerability, right? Because I had this amazing, comfortable job. So I was working full-time permanent for the federal government. Um, government benefits are amazing. The hours were amazing. Not only that, but I actually was paid um, 
by my home office in the city of London, Ontario, but I worked in Toronto. So like my superiors, anybody that I had to uh, speak to or anything like that was in London, Ontario. Um, I was like, it was basically trust. They're like, we trust you to do your job, Julia. And, and that was the situation that I had in Toronto. And for a lot of people, they would have maybe started their business while they still had this job and or they would have they would have done smart things like those. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was looking at the fact that it didn't matter how much money was coming in. It didn't matter the scope of responsibilities or what it is that I was doing. Every day I felt a little bit of myself die and I couldn't explain that to anyone because I was afraid. And, and a few times I tried, people would say, oh, you're just privileged. Like, how can you talk like that? What do you mean? There are people who've been waiting to get a job for X amount of years. Do you know what I'd give to have a job like yours? And it wasn't that my job was easy to come by. I had to apply for it numerous times over many years before they finally, I think, got tired and said, all right, give her the job. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like I took that for granted, but there came a point where I really asked myself, like, what is the meaning of life for you? What is the meaning of life for you? Like, are you, are you done hiding behind titles and paychecks and where you think you should socially be or socially be with? Like, are we done? Can we just be exactly who we were meant to be without all the confines and everything? And yes, it's scary, but the truth is you came before the job. And the same way you could get such a job, you can get another job. You can always make money. It's not the money that will make you, but... Are we happy dying knowing that there are all these things that we never got to do because there'll always be a reason why we never got to do them? And I couldn't go to bed with that. And so finally, you know, and then um, I'm a Bible girl. So like, I'd be there like, okay, Jesus, I need you to tell me in like clear words, like put it on the wall. Tell me quit or not quit, like clear, clear words in English. <laughs> like I need to know I'm making the right move. <laughs> And that didn't come. But what did come is, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. And I think that's all I needed to know was that. I'm like, okay. Okay. Let's go. And I didn't tell a soul. I didn't tell a single soul. So I took a, a three-month um, leave. And I didn't say anything. I said it was a long staycation. And during those three months, I just started working on my business. And I said, you know, if it's a joke, at the end of the three months, I'm going back to work. But toward the end of the three months, I was like, I'm in so much trouble. There's no way I'm going back. I am in <laughs> so much trouble. I have a mortgage to pay. I am in so much trouble. I am not going back. I know myself. So I handed in my two-week notice. And then maybe a month or so later, I then told the people closest to me. And by then, I did that intentionally because by then, they were, their reaction was, oh, okay. Good luck. <laughs> you want to do what? Yeah. Are you I, yeah. I needed this to be my decision, but I did walk away from that, that steady paycheck, that increase, that uh, all those benefits, all of that good stuff to, to the world where like you had to start thinking twice about what you're going to buy and put in your fridge. You couldn't take those things for granted anymore. Um, how many times you're going to go see the dentist? Is it four times or is it two times? Because you don't have your benefits anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, and and I mean, so the one thing that I, I sort of uh, definitely 
I, there's a lot I took from that. But the one thing that definitely hit home with me is because it's something that I've sort of been practicing in the last little while is when you talked about that whole part of thinking to yourself, if I were to die tomorrow or when I die, is this what I'm going to really want to think back on or, or, you know, whatever, however you want to put it. And that's something, the contemplation of death has been something that's helped me a lot over the last few months. And I just said to somebody recently, you know, I literally, the words were, you know, if you were, uh, when you're dead or when you're on your deathbed, sorry, you know, do you think that your thoughts are going to be, I should have worked harder and made more money and bought a bigger house and a nicer car? Or do you think they're going to be, you know, I wish I had have experienced this or spend more time with that person or done the thing that I'd always dreamed of doing, right? And and that's something that's helped me a lot. And I'm hoping that, you know, through this message that you're sharing, through whatever I can share in the future, that that'll help people too, because it's it's true. It's it's one way to definitely get yourself to start contemplating your, your life um, in a big way. So, um, you know, again, I appreciate you sharing that story because, like I said, I don't think many people would have taken the risk that you took. I, I mean... Um, it's, it's, it was, it was definitely a big one in, in many different ways. So, but I, I congratulate you and, and, and on doing that, because I think, like I said, you wouldn't be who you are today without these things that have happened. Nope. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not be anywhere near where I am today. I would still be that introvert. I wouldn't even know what I could do. I wouldn't even have met the people that I've met. I wouldn't have seen the things that I have seen. I wouldn't have grown and stretched the way I've grown and stretched. I wouldn't have known. Oh, so many different things. That's what it gave me is it just opened up the world to real life. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about like perseverance and everything like that. Uh, a couple of the things that you've shared. Um, how would you say that all of this that's happened to you throughout your life has helped you get to where you are now? So perseverance was definitely one of them. Is there anything else that you would say, you know, in becoming an entrepreneur and everything of all these things that happened, how did they help you get to that point? Yeah. Um. So I really tried to do you know, the normal things like go through the track, like, you know, do well in school, do well in sports and all of that. I failed at pretty much, I failed at everything that I tried. The only things that I excelled at were in music, writing, the arts, the things that were not valued. And because I grew up, I mean, and, and times have changed now, but this was growing up at a time in Kenya, East Africa, when the arts were not valued. It was more the sciences. And so for a really long time, I felt like such a complete failure because I was not a genius at the things that you were expected to be a genius at. And then um, I come here and my job at the federal government was all numbers and I never used to use a calculator. It just worked out that I had a different way of processing information and learning. And because you're using school, which is very systematized, they have a very standard way of teaching things. It doesn't take into consideration those who have different learning styles or learning abilities. It's just as I was older is when I did things more naturally and, and, and realized, oh, oh, this is easy. Like I could do this. Um, but what, what I think has helped me the most was my inability to fit in. My inability to fit in has helped me because it's, it's given me, it's given me my individuality. I, it's never been lost. Um, if I did something that wasn't good, I was doing it intentionally. It wasn't, oh, so-and-so <laughs> talked me into it. There's nothing like that. It was me making the conscious decision to not do good. <laughs> um, that individuality has always been with me. That, so my ability to make decisions like, say, leave that job um, is, is, was not as hard. It was hard, but not as hard as someone who's fully invested in their circle 
or their society because they would really have to consider everybody's opinions. Whereas I feel that I'm able to do anything. Like if I, if I decide today I'm quitting entrepreneurship and doing something else, I feel nothing. Like for me, it's, it's just all an expression of my life. I'm not any single thing. I'm not anything. I'm just this person who's walking through life and experiencing it. And that's what I live for our experiences. And I, I have the permission to do that because that's sort of how I am. Uh, so yes, my interview yesterday, and, and again, it's what I'm finding really interesting. And I mean, not to get, I don't want to get too into it, but is like every episode that I, I talk to somebody, every interview that I have, there's certain things that seem to keep coming up or, or seem to be the same. Uh, and the one that, yeah, the one that hit me right now, when you were just telling, talking about that last part there, um, is yesterday, the person I interviewed said that one of the key things that's helped them is self-awareness. And it sounds like you're talking about yeah. that same sort of thing and, oh, yeah, and, how, import, yeah. and how important it is. And I mean, uh, you know, that's a, a key, I think, for a lot of people. And, and I, again, you know, not to share my own story too much, but same thing. I've become a lot more self-aware and only in the last couple of years of my life. So, I mean, it's never too late, but it's good that you were able to discover that and use it to your, to your benefit. Um, so would you say that, that you found success and fulfillment in life at this point, or would you say you're still on your journey towards it? Yeah, so the success and fulfillment, I'm results-oriented, so I always had finite goals um, and until I, there was a point where I was struggling with things that didn't seem to be working out, and that was in the last five, within the last five years, and so I sat back and I was like, okay, let's just, let's just look at everything, and we're like, why are things not working out, and it was the realization that I was holding fast to the goal, and forgetting that life is a process and and why I, I i repeat this is because things you may get what you want but it's never going to be the way you wanted it or expected it um it's never going to take the amount of time that you thought it would those things are out of our control those elements because it's life we're dealing with life <clears throat> but if we if we live our lives or even our businesses based on that, hitting these milestones, then we get to this place where you look back and you have you know, your yacht, you have the house, you have the accolades, but you're not happy. And that's because you removed yourself from the process. So when it comes to success and fulfillment, for me, it's an ongoing thing because it's it's uh, it's it's the process. There's some days when I'm in a great mood, there's some days I'm not. There's some days I, I look and I think, oh man, I still have so much to do. And there's some days I'm like, oh, I can chill for a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but it, it changes every day. Every day something new comes up. Sometimes before I go on stage, someone would never know. But like two minutes before that, I was busy contemplating just going home and falling asleep. You know, like it's whatever shows up. But being there for the process for me, is what makes me successful, that I show up for every part of my life, whether it's nice and tidy, whether I like it, whether I don't, whether I care for it, whether I don't. It's looking at it and saying, okay, what is life showing me? And what is my life going to show at the end of it? And the only way to know that is to meet it, rise up every single turn and meet it at every opportunity and just go with it and 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 not hold fast to to the goals because they change as we grow older and as we grow so maybe making a million dollars was important to you in your 20s and then you discover ah i'm good with seventy five thousand. 
or the other way around. Yeah. Things change and it's okay. No, I think the key that I took from that too, and then I think something else I've learned and that I hope more people learn is really defining success for yourself. Because I think that's too many of us, like you said, as you were talking there, that, you know, success could be, you know, the house and the yacht and the this and the that. And I think that's unfortunately how a lot of us define success. Even last year myself, I think I defined success on, you know, having a successful business that, you know, was making X amount of dollars and so on and so forth. And what I've discovered over the last little while is that, that's not necessarily success. That might be somebody's definition of success, but it's not everybody's. And so I think a key to take away from what you said there is have your own definition of it. And 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 you're completely right too. Like this journey is a long one. So to feel like we've hit a, a certain point and then that's it. And you know, that's everything's going to be great from then on is probably not going to happen. So <laughs> again, great points there. Um, so I, I've only got a, a couple of last questions. Um, this one I think is a, a one that, you know, I, I will be the biggest takeaway I, I hope for most people when they listen to these episodes and, and it'll be individual to each guest. And that, that question is what three takeaways from your life, your journey, facing the vulnerabilities you faced, what three takeaways would you give to people that they might be able to apply to their own life, their own situation, their own struggles? Okay. So the first takeaway is that um, you are far more beautiful than you think you are. For many people, all they see is what's ugly, what what doesn't work, what hasn't worked, what isn't working, what could have been done better, and keeping all the voices growing up that sort of said you're not enough, you're not good enough, you're not worth it. But if you really got to know yourself, and by that I mean date yourself. So for example, for about four years, um, I just did things by myself. I had friends and family and, and all of that good stuff, but I did things for myself so that I could discover what it is that I was into, what I liked, why I liked it. You will fall in love with yourself if, if you give yourself a chance to see who you really are. And you really underestimate your capacity to go through life. A lot of times you'll say, oh, if my heart gets broken one more time, I can't bear it, I'll die. That's not true. You'll bear it. You'll survive. The question is what you're willing to do on the other side and what you're willing to come out as on the other side. We far underestimate who we are as human beings. We're beautiful, incredible. The second thing I'd say is it's scary to make your own decisions and make your own moves because we're all codependent and tied to each other. It's a society thing, a family thing a nuclear family thing, friendship thing. But at some point in time, you're going to have to stand up for yourself and make sure that you do that because you will, it'll come out of you in other ways. You're going to have illnesses that you can't quite explain. Um, Things are going to break down, relationships, whatnot. It's better to just face your deepest desire head on rather than try and push it down or hide it or don't be afraid to say what it is that you want and you will be amazed at how life will start to work out in your favor in small little ways but doors will start to open the third thing is there is no straight line when i was uh, 19 i did a project at university i went to western and i interviewed all the the canadian filmmakers and media personalities that i looked up to and all their stories disappointed me i was waiting for like (laughs) 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 of of their rise to stardom and instead i found myself there like 
biting on my pen thinking, okay, but what can I put in here that's going to be juicy? You know, like it was all boring. People meandered to their positions. They did this for two years, that for three years, this for six months, that for five years, took a break, came back. And now, now I laugh because that's literally what it is. There is no straight line. It's easy to look at someone and say, oh, but I see you started in this year and then you got to this place in, in that year. But no, man, it's, it's ups and downs, curveballs being thrown around. Your timeline will never be someone else's timeline. Never ever look at your situation and say, I didn't make it within the first five years so I'm a loser or a failure. Forget that. Go with your timeline and say, you know what, this is my skill level, this is my level where I'm starting at, this is what I'm starting with, I'm just going to focus on the process, I'm going to enjoy myself, before I know it, I'm going to hit my goal. But it's not going to happen when you look around and you see what people are doing or what you think you should be doing. It's not a straight line. That is a myth. Get rid of it. You're not going to go from zero to 100 to 10,000 to 100,000. No, you're going to go from zero to 10,000 to 500 to 15,000 to, it's just going to be a hot mess to get into flow. And then when you get into flow, things will start to work out. But until then, it's going to be a hot mess and your perseverance is what will carry you through. No, I mean, that it's sort of that, uh, the one thing that made me think of is when people talk about overnight successes, there's no such thing. Like we, we look at people and we go, you know, I didn't hear of that person before. And now all of a sudden they're a millionaire. They must've always been a millionaire. No, it's not the case. <laughs> there was a journey there and, and that's where, you know, we don't usually see that and we don't usually have that shared unless maybe you read a book about the person or something, but you know, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's definitely a, that's definitely important for people to realize is that there's no straight line. And then, like you said, you know, your timeline is yours and you can't compare it to anybody else because, and comparison's a killer. I mean, I've seen that happen to a lot of people. So Definitely and in the some, age of social media, yeah, a big time. that people do. Yeah. yeah, big time. So those are definitely some good key takeaways. Well, so the last thing I like to give all my guests an opportunity to do, because uh, obviously this is about you and, and, and I want to make people get to know you better, not just through these stories, but also, you know, with whatever you're doing. So I just want to give you, you know, however long it takes, two minutes, three minutes, five, whatever, just promote whatever you'd like to promote so that people can find you, get to know you. And yeah, just uh, floor is yours. Okay, thank you. So I, at the same time that you're doing this, I'm trying to manage what I can't manage here. My dog is not feeling well. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to control the sound here at the same time. So that his doesn't come through. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is what I love to do. I help uh, creatives. Uh, I mainly I work mainly with females. I do work with some men, but I mainly work with females, creatives, coaches, anybody who has decided to make a living helping others. Um, I'm very much in that space of helping them with their marketing, their sales, their systems. And the reason for this is that I want you to be successful. I want you to be as successful as you were when you had your regular job. So it's all a matter of systems and processes and working on your mindset to make sure that you can sustain your family and, 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 and you know, yourself, but also continue to do good. And so that's why I took the route of um, business coach. So I have over 21 years sales and marketing experience and I also have over 10 years social marketing experience with social media and I use these different um, experiences plus my personality to help people figure out what is the most authentic way that they can show up 
in the world. That's their primary marketing method. And also how they can build a business that's going to last so that they don't give up and go back to the job thinking that they're less than. And that's really what it is, is an expression of who you are and what you are. If you've been called to start a business, if you've been called to do something, then I want to be there in the systems part of it to make sure that like a corporation, that you're going to live on and that it's going to keep going so that uh, your good work can be seen and heard by the people that you are, you're, you're, you have a heart for. Awesome. And then, so where can we find more information on that or where can we connect with you? Yeah. So I love social media because it's very uh, on the go. Like, yeah, I have a website successfulandsmart.com. But at any given time, if you go on Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube or uh, Instagram or uh, medium that's where you'll see me that's where i'm speaking that's where i'm writing that's where i'm blogging i'm into communication so i use all these modes of communication but i'd say uh facebook or linkedin friend me and uh you'll already get some goodies there i'm always uh giving a lot of free information on a daily basis actually um anything that can help you along your way until you're ready to say okay okay let's do this let's do this <laughs> awesome awesome okay perfect well like i said uh, you know we'll definitely put some links up in the show notes and everything and and you know uh, hopefully you know people not hopefully people will see your name so they can find you and hopefully that'll get them at least the first step which is getting in contact with you and i can tell you you know, just from knowing you, like I said, over the last couple of years, it will change the way you think it will change your mindset towards things. Because even just that one uh, event that I went to that you hosted, I think, again, it was about probably two, two and a half years ago or so um, was was definitely life changing for me. And, and, and it was just it was the the vibe, it was you, it was the people that you brought along. And I mean, your network is incredible, too. So I mean, people, if you can reach out to her, if you can get Julia's attention, definitely do it 110%. So Thank you for coming on, Julia. Thank you for sharing your story. I appreciate it so much. I know that these sometimes aren't the easiest things to share, but like I said earlier on in the episode, you know, I'm, I'm just really hoping that by you sharing this, it's going to inspire somebody else. It's going to give somebody else the courage to say, yeah, you know what? Life has been difficult or I have had this, I've had to face this, but at the end of the day, I can still get to where I want to be and where I want to go. So thank you That's again. It. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a pleasure speaking with you. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at the B-E-L-M-E-D-A, that's the B-E-A-L-M-E-I-D-A or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.